Hello, Internet, and welcome to another episode of Carousel Dick Jokes. I'm your host, Cracked Writer Chris Rademile, and today joining me, we have Jeff Foxworthy Sargent, Cracked Columnist, Cracked Editor. You know you're a redneck when <laughs> you build your entire career on one joke and have a... I, that's all I know about Jeff Foxworthy. I was hoping it was going to be like a self-referential joke where you realize that your entire writing career is based off one joke. Oh, can I do that again? You know you're a redneck when you build your entire career off pissing off racist people on the internet. We also have Amanda Mannon, who also goes by Mindy. Prefers to go by Mindy. Mandy. <laughs> no, never Mandy. I will punch your balls off. Mandy. Like the uh, Barry Manilow song. Yeah, big fan of that song. You can call me Mana Karenina. If I like Mana I'm not gonna stop you. I don't really get. I mean, I get what the reference is from, but I don't. I don't know the book, so I'm not gonna do that. She jumps in front of a. Well, nobody asked you, Spoilers. And then we also have cracked writer, cracked workshop moderator, and just fresh from his Quasimodo tryouts, Isaac Cabe. Uh, hi there, everybody. It's uh, it's I'm trying out for Leprechaun, not. I'm editing that out. Uh, They're just going to think you're Quasimodo. Okay, fine. <laughs> I wish you had said an unspecified university. <laughs> you want to go ahead and do that yeah, again? An unspecified that, yeah. university. <laughs> Wait, Small community you? college in uh, South Bend, Indiana. And today we're going to be talking about the How I Met Your Mother finale, which aired last week. Or well, I guess it was this week, huh? Yeah, it's, it'll be last week when you hear this. It could be several years ago when you hear this, actually. Because this Kids podcast is long after. <laughs> I need Bob Sag to do the intro to this now. <laughs> Kids, let me tell you the story of how we started this podcast. Man, I stop you're, mooing. You're done. I'm not moving. I said mooing. Mooing, mooing oh. like a cow. He called you a cow. He calls me he a cow all the time. I'm so cow. used to it. Anyway. So, after Sarge's disastrous uh, How I Met Your Mother prediction, <laughs> in which he, he predicted that it was, was it like St. Elsewhere where Ted was dead the whole time or something. No, like, I figured, I mean... That's that's not St. Elsewhere at all. That's the sixth sense. The St. Elsewhere. You're screwing part. up your awful ending. Oh, no, no. It was that Barney was secretly Ted's <laughs> schizophrenic uh, alter ego. No, I, I, thought, I thought that Ted was going to die. I thought that was kind of like... Would have been a more clever twist on the on the mother being dead, but I uh, and I was wrong, and that's now okay. Your over. And let's go ahead and just lay a blanket over this entire podcast that there are going to be spoilers. If you haven't watched the finale yet and you don't want to hear about it, you should just stop listening right now. Why are you listening to a podcast called Cracked Writers discuss the How I Met Your Mother finale if you don't want to know how the How I Met Your Mother finale ends? I say fuck you. But I want to keep listeners, so I'm not saying that. Probably also edit that out. I want to keep listeners. Too. I want people to like me. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to be discussing the How I Met Your Mother finale, which has been very polarizing. It seems like you either kind of like it or you absolutely hate it. Nobody loves it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's polarizing. I, yeah. I think that's just. I loved the cheating. first twenty minutes, 
And I think that was about where things started falling off. Yeah. Just to quickly recap, the entire uh, yeah ninth season was the wedding of uh, Barney and Robin and leading up to Ted meeting the mother and how the mother met everybody else. And then the final episode is the end of the wedding. Ted finally meets the mother. And then uh, they finish the wedding. And then it starts just jumping forward years at a time. Well, well, Ted was originally supposed to move to Chicago and he stays to be with the mother. Uh, then Barney and Robin get divorced. Lily and Marshall... Do they end up going to Italy, actually? I can't actually mm-hmm. remember. Yeah, they yeah, go to... Yeah, there were flash-forwards to it uh, throughout season nine. It is really disjointed. It's like memento. <laughs> Marshall apparently ends up speaking fluent Italian. He does, which... and it's hot. Wasn't that a joke? I don't think... I thought that was a joke. I didn't think they actually went to Italy. Oh, no, they went to Italy. I thought they didn't go to Italy. But I've also established the... that I'm super high every time I watch this show. Yeah, it probably has something to do with it. You should not do drugs, Sarge. Don't you do drugs, watch kids. And it's legal. I'm saying that because there's a child in the room right now. Drugs are bad. All of them. Generally. For the most part. Yeah, and it was in the episode Daisy that they showed a flash forward. Oh, that's right. They do show them. With the new right. baby. I believe you. I was, I was wrong. So they go to Italy. They come back. Robin and Barney get divorced. And then Robin sort of separates from the group. And Barney slips back into his old hobanging ways. Never say hobanging. Philandering. Philanderous is good. Amorous ways. Poly- no, amorous. That's not what amorous means. <laughs> very, he's very loving. Nobody on this podcast knows what words mean. God damn it. <laughs> Philanderous is good. That's not what. Philanderous is very good. I like. Philanthropist. <laughs> womanizing. He goes back to his womanizing ways. And then Robin sort of pops in and out of the uh, store as it jumps ahead years at a time. She sees Barney trying to pick up chicks at the Halloween party where Ted is still wearing his hanging Chad costume. Uh, The mother gets pregnant, or they're going to get married, but then they find out the mother's pregnant. So they hold off the wedding for a couple of years until they finally do get married. I don't know why they did that. Like, they should have just gotten married. Because nobody wants to look like a big fat cow in a wedding dress. So then they do get, uh, they do get married. Barney has a perfect month where he sleeps with 31 chicks in 31 days. And number 31 gets pregnant. So the baby's born and then the mother dies. And then it jumps forward to the present day with Ted and the kids. And the kids basically tell him that the whole story is bullshit. And the whole reason he was telling this because he wanted their permission to uh, ask out Robin again, which Ted then goes and does. He shows up outside her apartment with the blue French horn. And that's the end of it. Such Uh, bullshit. And Sarge and I actually kind of liked it. um, But Mana and Isaac hated it. So I'm glad that all of the characters ended up happy. But I'm upset that they're all happy for the wrong reasons. I don't think the mother's happy. She's dead. (laughs) I think she died happy knowing that she was with Ted. I think that made her happy. I think she was happy that she had children. You know, yes, dying sucks. Yeah, I think she would rather not die. Ultimately, she was... She was less of a character and more of a plot device this season. And I think that that was another thing that a lot of people who viewed this show really felt robbed over. And I I, I did too. I, I wanted to see more develop between her and Ted. We got all of 30 seconds of her in a hospital bed, and that was her death. There's no mourning for Ted. You know, we, we got no grief out of this. There, there was no emotion. There, when when the mole died in the South Park movie, I felt more emotionally attached to that death. There, That's a good point. That, it it That's was a great like ten death. seconds of her lying in a hospital bed. It was not even. Silly. It was like three. Right. It's, it was just one of the cheapest television deaths I think I've ever seen, and that was just very, very. I, I want to say disheartening, but it had no heart. 
and I think that's a good word to describe the episode in general, just cheap. Yeah, the production value on that was not exactly where it should have been. Well, I mean, in terms, like, emotionally cheap. Like, it was just full of cheap tears that and too. just cheap outs. You know, God, Barney's going to be such a terrible father. That was another plot device, too. I feel that using a baby as a cheap way to, you know, magically snap and turn his life around, that's not what does it. There are still plenty of people who realize that they got someone pregnant and then just, you know, up and disappear. I don't see... Well, but Barney doesn't do that. He does stick around with the baby. We never actually see number 31. I don't know what kind of relationship they had at that point. But he it was, you know, we see him all t- we see him all tired and, you know, having been up all night with the baby and stuff. But uh, I think you brought this up earlier, was that we saw him go through this change already when he committed with to Robin. Robin. And we saw how badly that worked out. It's, like, he's clearly a person who is incapable of making that kind of mature emotional commitment to anyone. And I'm it's going to end badly to... for this little girl. Adolescence. This girl is going to have the worst sex education talk with her father. Like, or the just, best. I don't know about that. That could <laughs> be one advantage of having yeah. Barney as a father. That's probably the main advantage. It's probably the only advantage. I'm not totally sure. I agree with that. You gotta that. know how to do it. Uh, that's an entirely different tangent for an another different podcast entirely. The point being that I don't anticipate him being a great father. And let's go back to his job. What's his job security like now, too? He finally up and got his boss fired, and his job was fall guy for illegal activity. What's his job now? Wait, Is he unemployed? Wasn't he paid enough to just like basically be set up for life, though? Yeah, I thought that was yeah. the point. Is that he? Was that, he was that included? The lawsuit ended with him just being financially secure forever. Yeah. Yeah, with his skyscraper. Right, fair suits. enough. Yeah, skyscraper suits. Oh man, that would be so nice. I think just what it felt like was that everything was just so cheapened, and by cutting from year to year to year over and over again, I felt like they were doing a lot to cheapen the value of the big moments that Robin kept saying she was missing. You know, big moments stem from a lot of little moments, at least in my experience. You know, there's a lot of build-up to things, and that just felt so, so artificial to have her just, you know, pop in here and there. If you're going to fall out of someone's life, you you don't just, just come back for the big moments. I felt like that was emotional cheaping, too. Someone mentioned that... It, would, it probably would have worked a lot better if they hadn't tried to stretch out this one weekend through an entire series and then, like, the next decade in one episode if they had actually just spread out this finale over, like, an entire season. And I think that's a good point. That's my like, point. We, we, right. Was that your point? I think yeah. it's a terrible point. <laughs> but uh, I do think that would have worked a lot better because we would have had some time to acclimate to all these huge, long changes. I did not have enough time to grieve for Tracy McConnell. That's because you want to bang her, dude. That's not, <laughs> it, it's it's deeper than that. Okay. And this this it's, actually your relationship with this one-dimensional fictional character is deeper than that. Absolutely. She's multi-dimensional. Barely. It's it's like one one point two dimensions. It's exactly one point two dimensions. She did was. You do the math? He's calculated. One, number one, she was a plot device point two of a character. And I think that was one of the things that upset me. She she had enough talent and there was so much more of a story arc that could have been built in for her. And I I feel like we had we were teased for way too long. We just deserved better than what we got. 
See, that's enough. sort of, and that actually gets right to the heart of, of why I, I, uh, I think the ending was fitting. And pr- probably not perfect, but I definitely think people are going to come around to it. And the reason is because I think a lot of people are criticizing this conclusion while stubbornly insisting that the show is very different from what it actually was. Uh, everyone's kind of still clinging to the idea that this show is about Ted's relationship with the mother when it isn't and it never ever was and it never was intended to be or anything. The title is kind of a very blatant misdirect. We don't meet the mother until the final season and she doesn't get a name until the last, I think it's like three minutes of the final episode. We find out she's Tracy McCollin or McMillan or whatever, something Irish. <laughs> McConnell. And McConnell. And you can't have a relationship you can't conclude a series with a relationship between two people where one of them hasn't been a character until now that would have been a deus ex machina that would have been really strange uh the show has always been about how life moves forward and you don't get fairy tale endings and good things end and that's okay that's literally the the key character arc of every character in the show we get lily has to give up her art dreams in order to embrace her family, uh, which is, I think, that's a problematic message that this woman has to give up her dreams in order to be in a family, but that is she the art. She doesn't, though. She pussy yeah. whips him into giving up a judgeship so she can go well, fuck off in well, Italy well, for I'll, a year. I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. And then, Stupid. and Marshall has to give up his environmental career, his environmental lawyer career to become a business lawyer. The Arcadian has to be knocked down. It's a be- Everyone loves the Arcadian. The Arcadian is the theater that has to be knocked down so that Ted can build Goliath National Bank. Everyone in the show acknowledges the Arcadian's a great... Or a hotel, you're right. Everyone in the show acknowledges the Arcadian is a great hotel, but it still has to be knocked down because you have to move forward. Barney is always saying newer is always better, and people disagree with him, but the basic idea that you get in every season and every big character arc is that good things end, but that's okay because you keep going and something else is waiting for it. And that's what they doubled down with at the end with the relationship between Ted and, as we now know her, Tracy. I mean, that relationship was perfect, but it was not the romantic, perfect relationship that Ted had been imagining the entire series. You always get him. He's always into the, he's big grand gestures. He's always doing all these like, oh, you know, I'm going to show up with all with, you know, I think the blue horn actually at the beginning is a good example. And, I'll you know, even though that gets called back at the end of the series, it does still make sense. Uh, he's always doing big grand gestures. Everything always has to be perfect. He's always talking about that. But then his relationship with with Tracy, they put off the wedding for six years or five years or something because seven. you know she gets pregnant seven years because she gets pregnant or work is coming up and they're just too busy <laughs> with their awesome relationship to deal with this kind of with the somewhat honestly superfluous for them ceremony of getting married because why bother? They're so in love. Everything's so perfect. That it doesn't matter if they have this big grand wedding. Well, isn't that the point? Isn't that part of the reason they wait though? Is because they want that giant wedding. Like he tries to like play it off that it's Tracy that wants it, but it's actually the him that wants it. But then at the end they just have it. They're like, will you marry me in seven days? Is what he says. It's like, oh, he lets go of that, and it's just it's just about their relationship. Mm, and then I true. think you get that same point with uh, with Barney and Robin. Everyone's kind of, and I think this is this is another point that I would lead into. But everyone is sort of mad at Barney and Robin for them not working out. But like Barney says, it's not a failed marriage. It was a good marriage that only lasted three years. I don't think that's really a cop-out or a horrifying thing. I think that, like, makes sense for them. They really wanted to get married. They really tried, and it didn't end up working, and they got divorced. And that's not the worst fucking thing in the world. They did Uh, not try. 
And but that and and this that also yeah. reminds, that's the other thing I've written I've I've actually this is something I, I wrote about a few years ago for Film School Rejects but uh, How I Met Your Mother does a really great job of creating the situation where you are part of the friendship all the um you it's like you makes you feel like you're part of this clique whenever they're sitting at the bar the camera is positioned so it's like you're at another seat in that table. And like the laugh track is all about making you feel like you're part of the group. They, they characters will laugh along with the laugh track when someone makes a joke. So the whole point is to make you feel like these are really your friends. And in real life, you will have friends who get married and then break up for what to you seem like stupid reasons, and you'll be mad at them for not trying. And mad they are at stupid going reasons. To, and that, but this just that just goes back to the point. Barney and Robin's relationship is that perfect relationship that. It is that relationship that you'll see in real life where it seems like it should work and you get mad at them for it not working out. You and I think up. the show did an amazing job of capturing that. It, when we get to the end... Let him finish being wrong. That it's, that it's, <laughs> it's really cheap, but I don't think anything that they tried to do in that last episode is cheap. They showed us that sometimes marriages that come from huge weddings that seem really perfect, that seem great, don't work out. They showed us that you can marry someone and have a wonderful relationship with them and have a wonderful marriage and they'll still die. And you can they showed that things Robin got a really miserable ending. She's one of the best actors on the show. Really funny, a really lovable character. <laughs> she gets a shitty ending. Her uh, ex-husband, she has to see her ex-husband kind of floozy around, uh, give you know, get someone else pregnant. She has to see Ted so happy. Her with, own damn you, fault. You know, she and she loves her career and she makes that choice, but she sacrifices for it. She makes huge sacrifices so she can have her career. And then you get Lily becoming this complete fucking mess. She's like, oh, you have to be here for the big moments. That's the stupidest fucking thing. And that's that's kind of the problem that criticism people have in the episode where we just jump from big moment to big moment that kind of highlights why Lily is just kind of losing a grip and not really able to handle all her friends going away because she isn't also isn't ready to kind of like make the sacrifices she has to make to grow up it's like it's is a hard message for this pretty fluffy pretty friendly sitcom to just throw in at the end these are all really sad points and then at the very end the message is all these bad things will happen but life keeps moving forward ted and robin may not work out but he's he's moving forward life keeps moving forward it's not okay find happy things and i think it just did an amazing job of capturing an emotion that most sitcoms wouldn't even dare touch with a 50-foot pole how i met your mother did do a really good job of touching very sensitive things like you know ted getting left at the altar that's not sitcom material by and large and i think one of the things that how i met your mother did really well was imparting some sort of lesson into you know quite a few of their episodes here and there i never really picked up on a lesson in this finale which was supposed to lend closure i i don't feel that i have closure coming out right, of this. i think it was that expectation that was so high because they have done everything so well up until this point to just like there was a very huge misdirection coming out of this well, if they knew if they knew what their ending was going to be back in season two, then they should have written season nine differently. If they had gotten the show canceled after season three or you know season four would have been a more likely canceling point, then I could see Robin as you know Ted's new wife. I could see that ending totally working out if they had canceled the show you know four or five. What years ending? Ago. What uh, ending I, are you are you looking for? How how do you want the show to end? Just not that way. I'm not the creator <laughs> of the show. And not that way. Oh, How though? You know, I could have tolerated Tracy's death had I had more time to spend grieving and, you know, more time to see their relationship develop. 
it's you know I've said this a couple times. She just she felt like a plot device in a lot of it, and there was not as much development as there should have been. And this is a show that has been for fantastic character development. These are you know five of the most complex characters on TV, I think, and this was just a very very disappointing way for them to all go down. See, I just, oh. I just felt like she was even less of a character in the show than Sanjeet, their driver. Like, she <laughs> isn't what the show is about. And I agree with Sarge that it does make sense that the whole show was a misdirection. This was what it was supposed to be about the whole time. Even if I agree on, like, on a literary level that it works, it just still feels like they've just undone everything they did right up until this point. It, I think the, that's a very good point. With the development of the characters. One of my favorite parts of the show was to see Barney grow out of his old ways and really commit to being in love with Robin and they, that whole relationship was just I think Sarge said something in his review where Robin and Ted were the big will they won't they couple no it was it was Robin and Barney the whole time they were so back and forth with it and it was just so nice to see them finally together and then they just with this one episode I they just like ripped open my heart and took a big water of deuce in it like after so many years of finally getting this couple together i'm aware that this is a completely just that i'm emotionally invested in this relationship to an unhealthy degree <laughs> because i'm just like in love with barney as a character Ew. You're you. Yeah. Because that's just, that's so the type that I go for. Just like that. Isaac's so co- judgmental. That, that cocky wit, like combined mm-hmm. with the sort of neurotic vulnerability. Like, I just go nuts for that shit. It's my <laughs> kryptonite. So, like, I'm in love with Barney. And then I also just way over identify with Robin, who is also just adorably neurotic. Damn it, Patrice. <laughs> Yes, that, that, exactly that. So yeah. I was really invested in getting them together because it gave me hope. If they could succeed, that meant there was hope for me for some weird reason because this is a d- fictional universe whose rules don't apply to my own. I don't know why I need these characters to be together so badly, but I really do. So it was so lovely to watch them grow into each other and finally be ready to make that commitment. And then just it fell apart for the stupidest reasons that showed that all of that growth was not sincere. How were they, how were those reasons stupid? It seemed like neither of them were happy with the with the the mechanic like the the basic yeah like the status of quo of their relationship. But they had they they didn't give each other just so much as an inch. There was no compromise in their relationship. They were still the same selfish people that they were before. That well, wait, he, was the reason she, that was keeping them apart. She brought him along on her. I think she said, I'm not happy when I stay home. You're not happy when you come with me. Well, there are so many degrees of compromise between those two things, though. Like, go get a hotel with Wi-Fi. Go just get just... Sorry, honey, I'll make sure there's Wi-Fi next time. Problem fucking solved. No, but there's not, like, a part-time, like, a part-international field reporter. Like, you either are or you aren't. No, but they make it quite clear that at this point, Robin's... At a position in her career where she's, you know, reasonably renowned that she can have her choice of jobs if she right, wants. Right, but the job she wants is the one that's traveling. 
Well, yeah, I you think fucking you're sort makes, of you fucking make sacrifices for the people that you love. Okay, Robin. See, and that that's kind of I mean, that's that's my point I'm, is that you care about these characters so much that you're frustrated that they're not making the relationship work, but they're just going for what they think is going to make them happy. I feel betrayed. And the fact by that Robin. we care so much is sort of what made the show so great. It's, that's my other problem is that we were never given a full explanation as to why they're not happy. You know, Barney just goes well, in. Well, it seems pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, like yeah, that's what I mean. Robin is traveling around all the time and Barney has right. to go with it and isn't happy. Let me ask you guys a question. How different do you think the relationship would have been had Robin not been infertile and had been able to produce a child with Barney? I think there would have been a huge clusterfuck then because now there would most likely be if if Robin wanted kids. But I I don't know. They kind of make it clear early on that Robin isn't a huge fan of kids. And even though she gets upset over being infertile, it's sort of like she just wanted to maybe have that option. It wasn't so much that she actually wanted kids. She just wanted to have the option that maybe someday she could. That's a really complicated question, too. Yeah. It's like yeah. she'd be a, they'd be in an entirely different situation from the very beginning. But I don't think it would have kept them together. And it shouldn't have kept them together because that's a terrible reason. But speaking of being betrayed, uh, I think what probably Who has... Who said they were being betrayed? <laughs> <Yeah>. I did. <laughs> Not just by these characters, but by the fucking creators of the show. They fucking lied about how it was going to end. The actress who plays the mother did an interview where she calls the theory that she's going to die a crazy conspiracy theory. Like, that's pretty... It's about as much of a denial as you're going to get without outright saying no. I think what I mean, she actually said is that there are some crazy theories out there. I don't even no, know if she, she literally that. says that that is a crazy conspiracy theory. She, she makes some comment like that, but she never she denies it. She's referring to that theory. That the mother's dead. And, like, I think the writers of the show came out and said the same thing. And if they want to keep their fucking twist that we all predicted a secret, then that's fucking fine. That's their business. But then that's just exactly don't... That's what they did. <laughs> it's not, though, because they... they yes, it they is. talked about it. And they said, no, it's not going to happen. They could have just shut their fucking mouths. They didn't have to say anything. But they lied. And that actress is going to be known for the rest of her career as that bitch who lied to us. I don't no, think she's, she's going to be a Tony Award winning. She didn't lie. Uh, she, but she the thing is, you, you're just you're sort of just demanding that the show ends earlier in their lives, right? Because one of them is going to die eventually, right? I just want them to make the right choices <laughs> all the time. I, I'm still confused <laughs> about what ending lives. you want because it does it does just sound like died. Of course, she she wants Barney and Robin to be together. Like that's the ending she wants. Yeah, that's kind of my that's kind of my main beef. But and then they spent the entire series convincing us, like at at the beginning, like you know when Ted and Robin are together, and you know we're we're good with it. They have they're they're pretty cute together, whatever. But then they break up, and like they spend the rest of the next several years convincing us that that was the right thing to do, and that Ted needs to let her go, and ever let her go. See, See, I thought they were convincing us that they couldn't let each other go. Yeah, it's sort of like a by convincing us that they needed to let go, it was basically telling us they couldn't let go. That's not what I got from it. What I got was that I was I I felt like I was being convinced that they shouldn't be together, and I was like, you know what, you're right, show that makes so much sense. Like obviously Barney and Robin are supposed to be together, and not Robin and Ted. And then they just fucking oh yeah oh by the way that's all bullshit. But 
But the main reason they can't be together is because of their, like, Ted wants the, the kids and the, the house and all that shit, and Robin wants to be an international reporter. And so once they both have had those things, then there's no reason they couldn't be together. Well, there is, is though, because she should have been with Barney. But she was with Barney. By the way, they could not have desecrated that character anymore if they gave him the Rob Stark treatment. Like, it was just... (laughs) Watching him be this sad old man still hitting on girls in the bar and just completely obliterating all of that character growth was... Basically. Equivalent to sewing a dog head on him. That seems super That's honest to me. That's what happens to people like Barney. I think we kind of let him get away with more than we would if he wasn't played by an incredibly charming gay man. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that he's got other children out there that he doesn't know about because he used so many fake IDs. He pretended oh. to be Derek Jeter for crying out loud. I, mean, I think yeah, we're getting off topic. My point is that when someone is like that, it's hard for them to give it up. Well, I don't care if it's realistic or not. What they showed me was that he went through this amazing maturation and then they dashed it all away and turned him into this awful, creepy old man. All right, so I found the Christian quote. And what she said is, there are some crazy conspiracies which make me really love the fan more. That is so crazy. She says, she literally, she comes out and says, that is so crazy. Like, Yeah, but she doesn't say, that's wrong. Yeah, she says it makes her love the fans more. That's Do not a denial Do you think that sounds like she's saying? Okay, that, 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 we have two say? separate yeah, issues here. There's two separate issues. The first is that she doesn't actually deny it. She says, that's crazy. That could be, that could mean, that's so crazy they were able to figure it out. And secondly, even if she was lying, she's not going to tell the truth. Like, hey, she can just keep her goddamn mouth shut and say what? Like, well, I don't know. Wink, wink, wink. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you say shut her fucking cum catcher? Jesus you heard me. I, I get back to you. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> Fuck. Okay. I'm going to choose not to remind everybody that I have my child in the room right now. <laughs> Except that I just did. We don't say those words, okay, sweetie? Okay. But I, I just don't think that Barney and Robin, like, it totally makes sense that it didn't work out. Because Barney. He can force himself to change, but he doesn't want to. I, I think the reasons you didn't like the episode are the same reasons I liked it, which is that it was realistic. Because you're a soulless husk of a and, person. And realistically, like, I mean, for the most part, people don't change as much as we would like them to. Well, like, that's just kind of a, a thing you learn TV. in life. It doesn't have to be realistic. It's TV. But that's the whole thing. Right. Like, How I Met Your Mother has been very, like, that's their, their shtick, that they keep things realistic. Like when Robin floated away? That was a metaphor. That was all. That was that was a terrible, terrible metaphor. No. But it was when a metaphor. We dis- when we discover that Robin's infertile, when Marshall's father dies, when Ted gets left at the otter, off, uh, Alt- altar, altar, the otter, <laughs> he gets left with an otter. Ted just wakes up. I would be very happy if the mother turned out to be an otter. I think that'd be cute. That would make that show just like Andy Kaufman levels of genius to me. How I Met Your Otter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing it. It's just okay. We're moving on. <laughs> no, what I mean is, uh, Robin's infertility with Marshall's father dying, with Ted being left at the altar. The show has always been about realistic and sad moments. Have always kind of come out of nowhere. So it just seems weird that we're surprised that all the characters get a realistic, bittersweet, sad conclusion. With then this optimistic upturn at the end that life's going to keep. But then Barney, more, Barney you know. does change when he has the revelation of his child, so he does get that light bulb moment. No one else does. 
but we yep. know that he do- that he doesn't actually stick to those things. So now we're just sad for that poor little girl. Oh, he might. I mean, that's and that's the other thing is he that he fucking it, might. But like, I don't right. have any more faith in people now after this episode. So this I episode has to... destroyed Mana's faith in humanity. I think. Yes. I thought the point sounds like a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> Even though you don't... ways that Mana's life was ruined by the How I Met Your Mother finale, complete with go... gifs. I'm gonna go submit that right now. Gifts, say it right. But isn't the point that you can still be happy even if you don't get a fairy tale ending? Yeah, like that. There's more than one way to be happy in life. Well, they chose the wrong one. <laughs> so. Well, I, I like, I'm completely not operating on a logical level here. No, <laughs> and I don't really care. Not. <laughs> not everything has to be cold and logical, Sarge. I'm not being Sometimes you just have to go cold with your heart. logical. I'm I'm actually I am I mean that's feel like that's feel I feel like that's what I'm doing. I'm saying that we had all these sad endings for characters, but you just kind of keep hope alive even though there isn't much well, reason to. I yeah. feel like I'm being a lot more optimistic than you, considering you just said you, you are. Love in the world. But <laughs> and you're it's, telling me to stop being cold and logical, but and you're it's like, be- no one will ever be happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's because how I met your mother destroyed my belief in love. So. Like, I, I, I had it at one point, nice. but they pretty much ruined it, and I wish I'd never met them. <laughs> you wish you'd never met your mother? I wish I'd never met how I met your mother. I regret our entire relationship. It's going to take me years to get over. You can go into therapy for that. I wonder what would happen if I did. Like, what if I told a therapist that I was devastated by how I met your mother, and it was just, like really destroying my life? Well, that happened with Avatar. All these people went to their therapist being like, I wish I could really really go to Pandora. Google that shit. Oh, no, I remember reading about that. Yeah, that was fucking... I can't really go to Pandora, and I'm depressed. And the therapists are like, well, let's just set you up for an auto-deposit into my bank account, and you'll be okay. (laughs) Can you imagine a better thing for someone to say to you as a therapist? Like, someone comes in with a drug addiction, you're like, fuck, this is going to be difficult. Someone comes in saying that a James Cameron movie has affected them on an emotional level. Or a CBS sitcom. (laughs) Well, let's be honest here. A James Cameron movie affecting you on an emotional level is way more of a stretch than... (laughs) Well, I liked all the decisions that they made in the last episode. I just wish that they had spread them out more. Like, everything that happened in the last episode should have been spread out over the entire ninth season. Just so that we can feel the emotional... Like, because that's the big thing is we don't feel the emotional impact of any of it. Like, the two, like, emotional moments are, to me, when we're Barney and Robin break up because we've had the entire show to be invested in them and then when ted and tracy finally meet under the umbrella and like talk on the uh, the platform the train platform and because that's been the entire season is leading up to that and then everything else is just feels like you just don't get the impact from it because you have no investment in it it's only happening this like completely self-contained in this episode the first episode should have been the, the wedding and ted meeting the mom and then like episode two should have been ted's first date and then like episode three should jump forward and barney and robin get divorced and then like within a few episodes robin should have been slowly written out of the show because that's the, like that's the thing that really bothered mm. me is that they made a big deal of how much robin wasn't around 
And when you're in a group of friends and like some one of them just kind of drifts apart, like it's not conspicuous at all. Like that's what makes you drift apart is that you don't really notice that they're missing. And if you're part of the group, like, you know, like Sarge pointed out that we're supposed to feel like we're one of their friends, you wouldn't really notice it. So if you take like eight or eight, six or eight episodes to like slowly like write fewer and fewer scenes for Robin until she's not there at all, then you kind of get that feeling like you sort of understand how people can drift apart and you just don't even realize it. And then halfway through the season, uh, Tracy gets sick. Barney's woman gets pregnant. And then like third to last episode, Tracy dies. And the second to last episode is like the funeral where Robin appears and it's mostly Ted and Robin the entire funeral, like reconnecting and talking to each other. I feel like it'd be weird if it was just them hanging out during the entire funeral. I'm sorry to interrupt, but holy shit, that would really creep me out. Well, I mean, not the entire thing. You still have your your B plots. Your dead wife's body. Yeah. You hook up at weddings, not funerals. I didn't say hook up. I said reconnect. Anyway. So, like, the second to last episode is Tracy's funeral, and that's where, like, Robin reappears and just kind of reconnects with the group and helps Ted get over it. And then everything else happens in the last episode where Ted is grieving, Marshall and Lily move on, Barney, uh, Barney's woman has her baby, and he meets her, and then Barney has the moment with the, the baby. And then we have the thing with Ted and the kids, and then he goes and shows up outside Robin's door. Like, if that had been spread out over the entire season, you could have had... It would have just been a much better impact all around. You would have gotten the feeling for the uh, for meeting the mother and getting to know them and seeing their relationship develop and going through all that. And you would have felt it when she died and you would have been emotionally invested. Because, I mean, think about how few episodes uh, Marshall's dad was in and how much you, you felt that. When he, we when felt he that died. because Marshall was developed as a character. That was an extension of him. We didn't get that same. Oh, no, level I liked. Of... Uh... Ted's a really well developed character, and but you still don't get that impact from on the mother's side because you don't care about the mom. Like she's a prop, basically. Right. But if you if you spread that relationship out over the entire last season, then you get the you feel the emotional impact of it. Yeah, I but what... I I still feel like the the series was about Ted and Robin from the beginning. Well, you can actually go and tell Sarge if you don't want to leave a comment on the podcast, which no one ever fucking seems to want to. I'm the only one that ever leaves comments. But You're really complaining about a lack of comments. Uh, Sarge can... actually wrote a thing over at Film School Rejects detailing his uh, his theory on it. I sort of covered everything. Yeah, go, go. I was going to say, don't go read it. I covered everything here. No, go read Film School Rejects. <laughs> uh, actually, in general, just go read Film School Rejects. That's a that's a really great blog that I'm, I'm really excited every time I get to get the chance to work with them. Okay, Sarge. Where can the listeners find you? More of you. Uh, I have a I have a weekly column now at Cracked called No Hands with JF Sargent. It runs every Tuesday. Check it out. Uh, you can also read more on my thoughts about How I Met Your Mother at FilmSchoolRejects.com, which is one of my favorite blogs. And in general, just go read them because they're awesome. And you can find me on Twitter and DocSarge.com, and you can find me on Facebook. And I'm everywhere. You actually can't get away from me. I'm already with you right now. Watch out. He's like God. Sarge is bigger than Jesus. Bigger than Jesus. More like, more important than John Lennon. Is Sarge going to get shot outside of his apartment? I think that was inevitable at this point anyway. <laughs> Mana, where can they what? find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mana underscore Festo. Or, or don't. Like, I'm not going to tell you how to run your life. But you can do that. Isaac, if they want to hear more of your thoughts... I'm posting about on Cracked just about every day um, in the workshop, and I've written there a few times, and my tweets are protected, 
but you can still attempt to follow me anyway. And yeah, that sweet, sweet rejection. All right. If you want to find more of me, you can find my writing at raddiestuition.com and you can follow me on Twitter at raddiestuition. Go to SoundCloud, follow the Carousel Dick Jokes podcast there, and go on iTunes and rate us and subscribe and do all that fun stuff because it gets more people to listen to us. We're on iTunes? Yeah, we're on iTunes now. Cool, I might go buy one. It's free. These podcasts are free? It's free, motherfucker. We're letting people listen to this for free? Hell yeah. Urges for podcasts, unless they're suckers. All right, cool. Yeah, we're like pirate radio. And even if you don't want to subscribe, go rate it anyway because... Apparently the ratings mean something to somebody, and it's good to get ratings. Rate, rate, rate us well. Don't just rate us. Rate us well. And I also want to give a special thanks to our composer, Kaylee McSwain, for writing the Carousel Dick Jokes theme song. And you can find some of her handmade jewelry and art at Silver Phoenix Art Studio on Facebook and on Etsy. Okay, kids. That's all for now. We will talk to you later. Say goodbye, Sarge. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Mana. Goodbye, Mana. Say goodbye, Isaac. Mana stole my joke, but goodbye. I think you stole my joke, uh retroactively. Is that really the only goodbye joke you could think of? You just, <laughs> so just panicking. <laughs> Aren't we fucking comedy writers? Aren't all of us comedy writers? Like, my man, I, wait, you I stole do. my joke. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Alright, until next time, we'll talk to you later. No, don't eat